definitely though like to to kyle's point like you want five watts so when i got my five watt i was like i'm getting a beefy uv you know like felt really good about the five watts that i was getting Mm -hmm. and it turns out that like the five watts is the bare minimum uh okay three watts would be really rough if i was trying to project over any kind of curved surface it would be very very difficult to do so your depth of field on the uv is significantly thinner than that on the fiber so that extra wattage is crucial to getting around curves do a couple lives here and there on, on the fly you know yeah um but yeah it's just nine o'clock she doesn't want to go ahead and oh yeah on. i already pushed the button more live oh right you now. already did oh shit. Yep. okay hey there it is 30 seconds all right what's awesome. up everybody <laughs> welcome to the laser source podcast the number one podcast we're looking to grow or scale your laser business uh kyle and Boyce are here with me now jimmy uh, is here in spirit uh something is happening over there and uh you know we're just we're hanging out today uh we don't have anything in particular that we're gonna cover but um there's definitely some news we definitely have uh some some news and um yeah i don't know boys you wanted to first and foremost you wanted to cover shipping uh do you want to kick that off yeah i just want to talk about like different experiences people have had with shipping um for small businesses at home uh you got parcel monkey usps um, different uh, third parties that do shipping stuff. So I thought about maybe like walking through like what's people's experiences with different shipping um, methods. Um, but yeah, I was talking to my USPS here locally about that and they said I can order my supplies for free if you have an EIN number. If you have an LLC, you get free shipping supplies, tape, boxes, bubble wrap, the whole nine yards, right? But you got to pay the USPS fees for shipping. Um, so it's a, I think it's a win because you don't get to pay for boxes. That's a huge cost um, to consider. And then you can actually set up online. They come to your house and pick up X amount of boxes at the certain dimensions, certain weight. You gotta have a scale. Mm -hmm. You gotta buy a scale, a shipping label printer, and prepay that through their services. But that's why I'm gonna try and use that this season to see how that works out for me personally. Oh, anybody else's experiences without any others? Really quick, I just want to throw, let me present really fast. So this is my, I, I don't have, I'm not an expert on this topic, but I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but pirate ship is, is dope. So okay. you, si- you sign up and they, they give you apparently cheaper pricing than publicly available pricing. It's always been really cheap for me. I think usually they do it by volume instead of by weight, which is nice, uh, especially for engraved stuff that tends to be small and heavy. Here's the back end. So here are some just different things that I've shipped uh there's kyle and uh so i i use this to ship literally everything and you can create a label you just fill out all of your information and you can get rates so say we're doing a box and it's 12 by 12 by 5 and it weighs one pound and three ounces and then we can go ahead and click get rates and it's going to give us a bunch of different rates that we can pick from Uh, and it handles all your tracking and stuff so we can ship priority mail but we can also drop this down they'll do parcel select ground and there's a bunch of ups options this is fairly new they didn't always have ups so they added ups in as well so you can get your ups shipping labels from here too Hmm. and uh, once you pick one and you check out you can print it right from here 
and then you can uh, track it all. You can import tons of addresses. If you have like a big list, you can export that list from Etsy and then import it into Pirate Ship and buy all of those labels at once, which is really nice. Yeah. And then you can track all of your, your stuff. If you're using a service like Etsy or whatever, you can copy the, the tracking and just dump it into like Etsy or Amazon or whatever else you're doing. It's, it's really easy and I, I like it. That's what I've, I've never a long time. Well, well, my thing is I've never used anything, right? So for me, this is all new. And so I'm trying to absorb like UP, USPS, I'm compare to pirate ship right off the gate to see like what's the best rates and do they provide shipping supplies? The supplies is the thing, right? So uh, yeah. Lewis is asking uh, how much does pirate ship cost for the software? Nothing free mm. costs nothing for everyone, period. Mm. Costs absolutely nothing. Uh, so I could go through USP, USPS to get free shipping boxes. Yeah. Can you and ship, then ship them with pirate ship? Yeah. Pirate ship. <laughs> I like that dirty business right there. That's nice. Yep. Okay. Yep. Totally. That's, that might be good. The best way to go. Because so that's my. That's my yeah. shipping experience. Jimmy, are you with us yet? I'm working on fixing them. Okay. Because he would just have so much to talk about on this topic. Jimmy. So Alex, you did mostly like in-person stuff, right? At your workshop? I mean, we had we had an Etsy shop too. So uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. we, we yeah, shipped yeah. enough. Uh, and a lot of the in-person customers would also like drop off and want their orders shipped mm. back to them. So they didn't have to come back out. Like a lot of them would come from far away. You ship caddy. I haven't, uh, I haven't yeah. used that one before, but that's another yeah. one to add to the list. Yes. For sure. I'm going to write that down. Yep. I'm saving all this stuff on my phone, guys. I'm going to try it all out this weekend. Cause I don't have to work this weekend for the first time in two months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got the whole damn weekend off. So I'm going to look at it all. Yeah. Uh, I'll is I got, I got to set up my uh, rotary on the mirror nine this weekend. Mm-hmm. Did you get the? Did you get like the smart rotary from Eon with the? Not, it's just like the little rollers on yeah, the two yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, I got the. Yeah, I got the basic one, but I got that sixth one coming mm, mm -hmm. next month. So the multi roller. Get, yeah, I'm gonna get the first one done right, so I can set the multi roller and then do six at once. We'll see. I still think the Roto Boss is the way to go. So I, I might circle back to Roto Boss because he seems like he's got his shit together. For sure. How can you engrave glass with a 30 watt fiber laser? Uh, you you can't. You don't. You don't. You don't, don't do that. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I've been trying to figure it out myself. I've been wanting to. I've been trying to work on this, guys, for like a week. You have it's a mirror. Happening. Why the hell are you trying to do it on a fiber? I have a CO2, but I haven't figured out the rotary yet. So I was like, okay, can I just do it here? So anyway. It's not happening. I got to go back to Mira, set up the thing this weekend, and try and do some uh, glasses. Yeah. There are like hacky, hacky, cheaty ways to engrave glass with a fiber, but they suck mm -hmm. and they're inconsistent. And I right. I refuse to teach it. If you want to find out how to do that, there are other channels out there that will do it. I'm not doing a video on it because it sucks and I'm not going to, you know, I don't. It's a, it's a hacky method that is very easy to not get the desired outcome right. you want and in some cases damage things and right hurt yourself yeah Bring um, glass or other things. i know i know how jimmy's junk is set up kyle do you want to swap with me real quick okay what produces a deeper black on stainless steel co2 with marking spray or fiber i would say fiber because it is z mark right kyle you can you can go either way uh, the or, fiber will will mark and engrave stainless, whereas the CO2 can only do so with Surmark or something similar. So you guys get Surmark black laser marking sprayer I got. So you spray your whatever, be it glass or a stainless steel tumbler or whatever, or a, a Zippo, right? And you spray it on there, you laser engrave it, it actually penetrates that way. It doesn't really, it doesn't remove the metal, it just puts it on top of it. 
Yeah, it's um, a surface mark. It doesn't you're, light. you're getting a chemical reaction on the surface in order to change it black. Yes. The, there, there's a, a chemical reaction that occurs in the coating mm -hmm. uh, that leaves uh, a mark behind. And then you rinse it off. Whereas a fiber, you can do so just by using the fiber. You don't need a coating or anything like that. And the Z mark is another setting, and also in the Laser Academy, Laser Master Academy is a Z mark setting, yep. and also anneal. Anneal, yep. you can't feel it; it's smooth. It's a chemical reaction on the surface. And Z mark is just a bold, deep black mark. Looks really nice. And that's oh, surface level as well. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right. We're not ablating the metal. So I crack my glass all the time, but I have a hundred watt. Yeah. So if you're using a CO2 for sure, effectively what you're doing with a CO2 laser it, when you're engraving glass is fracturing it. To yeah, microfractures. If you're coating it and hitting it with a fiber laser, you're generating heat and you can shatter the glass too if you're not mm -hmm. careful. Uh, Mike asks, Kyle, how much is the UV laser you're testing? How much does it cost, the UV laser you're testing? 10 grand, they're really expensive. UV lasers are expensive. They're more than like a CO2 galvo usually. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've looked at the paperwork. Um, I've looked at the cheapest ones like on eight. It's usually eight to 10 is what I've seen. Like it's significant. Yeah. Like my, my 50 watt costs, yeah, my 50 watt costs $6,500 shipping to my front door. But a UV is, you're talking close to 10. All right. Jimmy, can you hear us, brother? What's going on, guys? All right, all right, here we go. A wild Jimmy appeared. Good Lord Almighty. What's going on, guys? Good deal. We're, we're talking about uh, lasers and such. Ah, well, I would hope so. Can you mark acrylic with a 20-watt fiber rachis? Uh, only if it's, if it's uh, a solid color and not clear. Uh, and even then, it's really not the right tool for the job. You're going right. to end up with a very melty mess. You're gonna want a CO2 or a, or a diode. I'd say CO2, right? Like not not a diode. Uh, CO2 would be ideal. Right, right. You can't. Uh, can UV would be great too. Yes, yes. See, so yeah, I get you a little Mira. Get you a Omtech, uh, whatever else. Oh wait, wait, what's the one we got? Um, from from Sacramento, right? What's their name? Uh, you just got one. Uh, Alex just got the one from uh, Light Object, the Ranger Light Object. Yes. Yep. Get you a CO2 light object, Eon, if you're going to mark on a... Oh, we were talking about marking glass with, with a fiber, and now we're talking about marking acrylic with a fiber? Yeah, there's been questions in the in the comments. Yeah, I've seen people do some nice work on on solid, black, opaque acrylic on the fiber right. laser. That's what, but that's, that's what it. Kyle was saying. If you're like trying, to, clear. trying to mark, like, plexiglass, that's not going to... Yeah, there you go. Jimmy's been doing so, it. So the quote I got from, uh, to answer the last question um, from Mike... The, the UV yeah. that I have, the 5-watt JPT, was, I, if I'm looking at the right paperwork, it was 7,100 door-to-door. So. 700? 7,100. If it was oh. 700, boy, I'd have oh, like 10. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. Uh, Jimmy, earlier we were talking about shipping and what the best way to ship is, and I was like, Jimmy would have a lot of input on this. <laughs> Pirate ship all the yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. That's what that's Alex right. said. Absolutely. Where, where do you get your like shipping materials and stuff? Because you ship pretty large items. Your signs are big. So how do you yeah. how do you pack those and ship those? Those all come from either. Well, you got Amazon. You got Uline for the boxes. Mm -hmm. And I researched it, and it's it's you know peas and apples. Either it's more money for each box from Amazon, but less shipping, or less money for the. For the from Uline for the box, but 
more shipping. So it, it equals out. Mm-hmm. But Uline comes in a day. I mean, right. one day it's there, the next day. My bubble wrap all comes from Amazon. The shipping labels all come from Amazon. The machine came from Amazon. I mean, everything comes right from them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you, your signs are pretty uh, sensitive, like to scratches and stuff. So, how are you actually packing them? It, oh. You're not just chucking them in a box. Like, you're. No, you're, no. Yeah. So, when uh, I make the box first, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, what, do you mean, what do you mean you make the box? Well, the box comes, you know, folded. All right. So you, so you open the box up, you close the two ends, you close the bottom ends, and you tape it three three strips on the top, three strips on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you you do the bottom box first, you tip it upside down, and, and then you take your um, sign, once it's all done, and you just wrap it. Right. There's uh, six times per side, front and back. I go through a lot of bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah, but it gets the job done. Yep, oh, it gets yeah. the job done, and then you put the power supplies in there and the hooks and everything, and I haven't had a problem since I started putting them in those boxes. Because you used to. I remember you used to have shipping problems all the time. The um, envelopes, those em- the white envelopes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the process is okay, but, man, once it goes through the system, eesh, when you There's not enough protection. Yeah, there's not enough protection, plus if it goes USPS, it goes through the system and then the weight of it and the size of it uh, will go with another box with a USPS box that people can put 50 pounds in each box. So my sign weighs five pounds where it goes to the system, goes to the chute, and some guy sending two uh, rotors to his son out in Utah and comes over the top of it and smash. Right. Mm. So, but um, with these boxes, it, I haven't had a problem since. So, when you log into Pirate Ship, are you buying yep. USPS labels or are you buying UPS labels? Depends. Right now, when you go on, see, there's a fight between them two now, which is great because uh, <laughs> it's it's awesome because they battle each other, and now, yeah. well, now it's cheaper with this guy. And when you when you do your label and you go in there and you click on, you know, tell me how much it's going to be. It automatically gives you the cheapest price. So mm. if USPS is cheaper, that would be the first number that comes up. If it's USPS, then that'll be the first one that comes up. Do you find they're making it to the customers more or less the same, you know, integrity when they get dropped off? There's some differences between the two. And USPS seems sometimes might be a little shoddy when they're shipping and stuff. But now they're actually faster than UPS now. Mm. And when you kind of know what's going on, but I ship to Canada, if it says UPS, I just skip it and pay the extra money for the USPS. Because whenever you do UPS, it craps out about 10 stickers and you got to sign each one. Mm-hmm. And then, then one goes on the top of the box, one has to go in the box, and then the other 12 got to go in that sticky thing that goes in the envelope on the outside of the box. Mm. Yeah, and then and then I have to send. Well, Jen takes them to work because they have a UPS drop off. And then once it gets to Canada, it stops. And then I get a notice saying I have to pay the whatever duty fees for. It. And I'm like, well, why didn't I? It never happened before. I pay what they tell me, and then it goes right to the customer. Yeah. So now I don't even use UPS when I go through Canada. I just use USPS. It's one sticker. You plop it on, and away it goes. Yeah, I I they definitely wanted to. Jimmy does more shipping than I think the three of us combined right now. So I definitely wanted your input on that topic. Uh, Well, something else to consider is UPS is actually going through a strike possibly this year, this winter. It's it's all good to me. It's fine because now that'll that'll let them battle and say, hey, I'll give you cheaper prices. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's good for us, but it could delay shipping. 
possible. Because that's why I just stay with USPS is what I would do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe we should do a live stream of like just setting that. Uh, I I haven't set an account up yet with Pirate Ship or something. Oh, I'll, that'd be God help you. So man. I might actually That's do easy. a video on like how to set it up. I might just do that this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just black out my pertinent information. Yeah. Uh, but something just to show people how to walk through that. Let's see here. Someone says Eric says, "Is it worth buying the UV upgrade? I have a 10 watt X tool diode." There's a <laughs> UV upgrade for the X tool. Uh, uh, I the, maybe I, they mean the 1064 module. That would be a fiber upgrade. Then let us know what you're what you're referring to there, Eric, and we'll be happy to, to loop back. Yeah, UV is a huge upgrade from anything because yeah. <laughs> it can mark anything you got you know so <laughs> it's a huge cost increase as well barrier oh yeah entry. alex people are asking how much is the uv that cal is using to uh uh i responded now. to that oh yeah, yeah it was bad. yeah kyle's was like 7100 the Mactron is a a bit more because you know i paid 6500 for my fiber a uv is only like another grand that uv is only another grand that uv that uv yes yeah, and but uv isn't right. something you want to underspend on either i would say the one that kyle got is like the floor for okay, okay. the absolute floor because uh, we also going, wouldn't recommend going to like a three watt either because you're just going to be stuck with such a small lens. Yeah. Mm. So the Mactron, which right with we would consider this like top tier three watt air cooled with the 110 lens is 7300. Mm. And then, uh, of course, you're going to pay shipping and <laughs> import tax on that as well. Yep. And then the five watt, and these are both air cooled, is uh, ninety one hundred plus shipping and uh, and import tax on that too. So I got a question for you, Alex and Kyle specifically. If you guys could start all over, and you had one UV laser you want to start with, what would the one you wish you could like had the resources that was like entry level enough to get the job done? What would you recommend for people that are just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going all in on UV, let's go. Like, which one do you think is like the best bang for your buck? Like a brand or like just a configuration? Or just whatever works, whatever works. Like a certain wattage, certain uh, uh, work size, would, field size. I would say like a five watt with like the 175 ones that Alex is working with. You can get either the JPT Lark series air-cooled if you don't care about that and you want to go water-cooled. Sometimes there's a price difference and you can save money going one way or the other, but then you're going to, you got to account for the chiller cost too. So mm -hmm. you're going to have to kind of balance that into the budget. But the Ingu source, what's the, the designation on uh, that? Grace, the Grace X. The Grace X. And I think that comes both air cooled and water cooled too, right? The Grace X, the Grace series is the water cooled series. The Grace X series is the air cooled, I believe, okay. if I recall correctly. With the JPT, the Lark is the air cooled. The mm -hmm. Seal is the water cooled. Right. Um, Definitely, though. Like to to Kyle's point, like you want five watts. So when I got my five watt, I was like, I'm getting a beefy UV. You know, like felt really good about the five watts that I was getting. Mm -hmm. And it turns yeah. out that like the five watts is the bare minimum. Uh, oh, really. Okay. Could, three watts would be really rough if I was trying to project over any kind of curved surface. It would be very, very difficult to do so. Your depth of field on the UV is significantly thinner than that on the fiber. So that extra wattage is crucial to getting around curves. Uh, and of course, you know, you, you can use a rotary, I suppose, if you wire a roller rotary up, but you're not going to be rotating glasses with a chuck 
you have to be really smart about how you you go about this i would recommend projecting it's so much faster you just need the wattage to back it up and five mm -hmm. watts on that 175 the 175 get, gets you the the depth of field that you would get on like a 70 on the fiber it's it's very thin so i mean even a larger lens right like even if i wanted to go to 200 220 or 250 i don't know if i could push that on the, on the five watt you're reaching the limits potentially depending yeah. on what material you're what, trying to mark what lens do you want kyle i have a 150 i have a like as you know i was having a really hard time doing a a small project mark right mm -hmm. so i was looking at maybe going to the 175 because you were able to get away with it without refocusing but then i saw some people were getting away with a 210 so i was thinking about giving it a go but i'm still on the fence because it it's i don't know a 10 watt would be better. Yeah. If you're looking at going bigger lenses or you're looking at project mark, definitely go 10 watt or yeah. potentially like the 12 watt Ingu or something. Yeah. So how much is a 10 watt EV laser like base, like kind of like average? What would you guys Pro save? Probably double that. Yeah. You're probably looking at like $15,000. Okay. Okay. That's significant. Yeah. Um, I mean, Not just the just the cost of a 12 watt ingu source i think is like 15 grand yeah and the, the without the rest of the machine right the thing right. about uvs too is that they are uh impermanent machines they are not like co2s or fibers where you can swap a tube or like change a power supply and they'll run for a hundred thousand hours the uv beam the ultraviolet beam is created by starting with a fiber laser it's the same diode pumped fiber laser uh, that your fiber laser runs through. And then that fiber laser beam is filtered down. So every time it passes through these special crystal filters, it halves the wavelength until you get to yeah. 355. And once you get to 355, hmm. now you're ultraviolet. But those filters wear down over time. Uh, and, it's and they're not, not user replaceable. And they're not user replaceable. So when when that eats it, you bu you're buying a new source. And oh. again, the source is the majority of the machine. Uh, I've heard reports of like four to five years on the filters. If you're doing like eight, if you're doing like eight hours a day, so if you're yeah. not if you're not running the machine eight hours a day, you you might see longer times than that. But that's certainly not the like ten to fifteen years you're getting out of a fiber for a lower investment, right? So right. Uh, it's 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 a higher cost, not just up front, but long term as Maybe well. Because wise. you're yeah you're you're dollars per hour that you're putting yeah. into that machine to even have it existing on the table in the first place is is like three times higher on the uv so i'd be interested in breaking that down like x uh, excel wise like okay x amount of hours is the average mm -hmm. x amount of dollars replace it like how long does it take to break even versus yeah, plus, you know what I mean, like and what's it costing per hour in just degradation usage right yeah. right yeah yep yep how much yeah. it cost to even use it, period? Yeah. I'd be interested in that type of information to say, okay, if I'm going to buy a 10 watt, for, if I plan on running these parts this often, how long can I plan on that? And like, okay, what's my overall cost? I should be like computing into my uh, cost of running a material, running, mm -hmm. running a job too, you know? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> That's um, a lot to consider. Just, just looping back to another question. So Eric was asking about the UV module. So I took a look at the Xtool site, and I'm only seeing their infrared module, which is the 1064 wavelength. That's the mm -hmm. the, the fiber one. 
right um fiber one it's not fiber by the way but it's not a true fiber laser quote unquote, fiber a, one yeah it's the wavelength mm-hmm. that the the fiber works on so you'll be able to have an easier time marking on uh metal the 10 watt standard uh d1 module which is a 10 watt 455 uh, yep yep you have a 20 watt and as of right now that's it on their accessories page yeah uh, and their machines page matches that so mm-hmm. i'm not sure 455 nanometers is not ultraviolet that's blue that's blue yeah, light three three uh god what 355 355 is uva yeah, yeah that's that's our uv source that's our wavelength mm-hmm. so just to differentiate that i don't know if maybe they're launching a new product but i don't see it we got another question here from lift salty when might it be worth it to spend the extra money on a fiber laser with an ipg source all else being equal, equal is the bump in quality noticeable. Uh, I am the only person here who's used an IPG source, and uh, I would say no. Uh, I actually think I get better consistency and usability out of the JPTs over the IPGs. For you guys who don't know, IPG is the the owner of, of Rakus, and it's a mm-hmm. German company. So Rakus is a subsidiary if i remember correctly or like there's some kind of ownership connection there but that's like the that's like that german engineering like high high quality top tier brand from europe the ipg sources are four times as expensive as the chinese sources Mm. and i don't i i we used one for i used one for five years and i i couldn't tell you the difference between that and the jpt honestly uh they've the, the Chinese ones are just as good, if not better. So uh, I, I don't think so. I wouldn't spring on the IPG source if it was me. They're nice because they, wise, you're talking almost double, right? Yeah, for yeah just the source. at least, at least. And the, the IPG mm-hmm. sources used to be the only ones on the market a long time ago that had the the JPT frequency range, you know, where you're getting frequencies yeah. in the hundreds. We had, we had the IPG source that we had only went up to like 400 kilohertz which I, you, there are not a lot of use cases above that, but you know, it, even in like by today's standards, I, you know, I don't know what they're putting out these days, but they're expensive and uh, very likely unnecessarily. So I, I really, honestly, I think this is an area where China has the, the technology edge. So I, I would probably stick with them just because they, they know the sources really well and they're, they're constantly pumping out improvements and new products. And uh, this is an area where I feel like they're really knowledgeable and actually have like unique and original designs that are outpacing that coming from other parts of the world. So uh, that that's, be a, that's just my opinion. That's based on absolutely nothing. That's just an opinion. So don't take it. Adding, as well. But adding into that, I'm going to say, too, that you now have another player in the market with GZ Tech where you have employees, some employees allegedly who might have worked for JPT. Mm-hmm. are now using their expertise to make a more cost-effective and usable product, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you, there, there's a potential opportunity depending on, you know, obviously we haven't tested it yet. but And on top of that, Rakus is starting in into MOPAs now. So Rakus is Max. starting to put out MOPA lasers. Max has improved dramatically since the last time I looked at seriously yeah. looked at Max sources. They're, they're really starting to up their game. Uh, they know they're the crappy source. You know what I mean? And they don't want to be the market source anymore, the Walmart source. Uh, They're (laughs) they're starting to put out better products. Uh, Their product line is like constantly changing and evolving. And their engineers over there are working constantly. I think IPG is kind of like used to being the best. And I don't I just don't see a lot of innovation there. 
That doesn't mean it's not happening. I don't stay. I don't keep up on it every day. I'm not like reading, you know, photonics news every day. But you know, I just the general sense I get from what I see on the market would tell me that uh, China's really a step ahead right now. And I would probably yeah. stick with a, a high quality Chinese source is probably your best option. Mm. You know, like the uh, guy from Light Object might be a good another source for that. Be like, hey, this is the difference. Like he he knows that shit inside and out. Uh, what's his name again? Marco. Marco, Marco. man, like. Yep. Talk about some of the vets things. He he's vetted everything over there yeah, in, totally. in China. Wowzers. So Eric responded with, I'm sorry, it's it's the IR one. Uh, is IR worth it? For I don't know. Expert? I asked so, him one. So, well, the IR one? You, yeah, I asked, asked him I for asked the fiber him. one. Yeah, IR. Yeah, so he has the fiber one. You Ooh. you have the 10 watt, don't you? That's not the fiber one. No, that's you have the, the standard 10 watt IR one. That's not IR. That's blue. That's visible light. Oh. Yeah, the 10 watt and 20 watt are 455 nanometer. They're blue light. Dilators. Uh, the IR one would be the 1064 one. And I asked them for it, and they uh, said, sure, and then didn't ship it, which is what they did. Remember how long ago they told yes. me they were going to send the... They were going to send me an X-Tool when the X-Tool D1 was just the X-Tool D1 before the Pro even came out. And then it took them from the time the X-Tool D1 was released until the Pro was released for them to get back to me about the D1 and then I had to talk them into sending me a pro instead. It was like a whole thing. So I don't know when I'm going to get one. Hopefully they'll shoot shoot one over soon. I'm not paying for it, so I'm not complaining. But I haven't been able to look at it yet, and I can't vouch for its effectiveness. I don't know. It could be, what do other YouTubers have to say about it? I'm sure everybody else gets shit before me. I'm always the last person to get shit. So <laughs> we're the... Or the Walmart of laser channels? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess, dude. Shit. That said, right? So, well, to be fair, we're also kind of just diving into diodes this year. So, yeah. uh, there have been other channels who have been doing diode laser content forever. We're we're more well known for our Galvos and even then Fiber. still secondary CO2 and and then diode. Yeah, but. You know, we'll see. So what's there, what's everybody working on right now? What's your what's your next big thing you guys are working on? What can people expect from us? Uh, I've got lasered episode three, the Samsung Galaxy S twenty two, downloaded and ready to edit. Uh, I have Jimmy and my unboxing of the light object eight hundred watt chiller. That was a good one. Remember that one, Jimmy? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode. And then Jimmy's got a new episode coming out on the light object air assist, which okay. we're gonna be cutting together pretty soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Jimmy? Give us a little <laughs> preview, a little sneak preview on that. Well, I have the other one over here. That's basically what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been modded. I, I had to. I just made this shorter because that way, if you come up close to the front of the machine, it's not going to bang in the machine, which it did once before. So I shortened it up. Why would, I, why would I use this over the regular through the nozzle air assist? What are you getting from this? Well, I got my settings so good now with my my 100 watt ohm tech. With this air assist, it's it's like translucent. There's no depth to it at all. I mean, when you when you run what, it, what material are you using this on? Acrylic. We got yeah, we acrylic. gotta say it out loud. Yeah, cool. Cast acrylic. Okay, got it. Yeah, and um, there is a significant difference with the external air assist. Even if you go straight through the nozzle, you're going to get more depth with the same setting as I use with the external. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and in this with, case, you don't want depth. You're not going for depth. You do not want depth when you're trying to laser. It, okay, if you're going to light it up, you don't want any depth, mm -hmm. plain and simple. 
if you're going to just do a plaque or something like that, then I won't use the external. I'll go right through the nozzle because you're going to get more of that burn, you know, the... the like ablation. Yeah, the ablation. So it does get it whiter, but it has depth. Right. And I, so, I tried monkeying with it, and I can't get I can't the, get rid of the depth. I don't think we've actually talked about this, but is the reason that you don't want the depth because the deeper it is, the more light it eats up on Correct. the light? So, yeah. So basically what happens is you've got your LED strip at the top of the sign and then yep. the light travels down the sign and lights up stuff that has Correct. been marked into the surface. But if yep. your engraving is super deep, more of that light is being blocked on the way down. So the bottom appears very dim. Correct. Whereas if you do a very shallow kind of just surface marking on the acrylic, the light is able to travel all the way down to the bottom of the sign. So you get better yep. transmission of the light. Mm -hmm. on. Correct. And it's just, it's translucent. You know, I, mean, I told you back in the day when I went and visited uh, Epilogue, yes. Oh, the ep oh, at the Epilogue yeah. place. Yeah, I that's, remember you went over there, yeah. Yeah, that's where it kind of got me going. And I said I wanted to make it that good with mine. And I finally did. There's literally, when you rub your hand over the top of it, the part that you cut, it almost seems embossed. Not mm -hmm. flat, not cut in, but embossed. Mm -hmm. That's how good that it works. Yeah. Cool. And you show installation, you cover, what What are we going to see in that video? You're going to see, I'm going to explain it to you what it is, what it looks like, mm -hmm. and then what it does for me mm -hmm. and how you set it up. Um, so where you'll you... be able to see it like in use. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then I'll show you the difference between the two. Like I'll start a, an image and then I'll stop it halfway, pause it and pull the hose out and put it on the external and then let it continue running nice so that you can actually yeah. see the difference on Correct. one project that's, that's cool. good. and it's it's really hard though because like i said got my settings so good but the only way you can tell when you look at it when i showed it in the picture is there's more dust through the nozzle mm -hmm. but because the, you're not having the air pushing that out of the way correct. so you have to clean more often yep and this the way this pushes it across you can watch the dust if it's going it's pushing the dust away from your cutting mm -hmm. so it's constantly going to be away from your cutting when you're cutting it right that's because it's coming at an angle right yeah a 90 degree angle straight back mm -hmm. and don't and get it too close to the nozzle either <laughs> you, you can tend to melt it real fast <laughs> just saying <laughs> jimmy and i also unboxed the uh off ferro laser 2 from orter so i've got that in the edit pile that's and cool jimmy's currently working on a soldering tutorial so he'll be showing you how to like do do soldering the jimmy way uh, so so we've got that down the pipe too and then Kyle, got, kyle's got yeah. a whole mess what, what do you got coming I down do. the pipe Kyle? so i have another lightburn for grand tree crash course uh episode coming out um i have the diode uh review that i've been working on on the the perger laser storm l5 pro mm. so i finally finished up testing on that so that'll be next in the edit tube and then i have uh, hopefully some project episodes mixed in and I have to check out rather I I want to share the 100 watt laser that I picked up and then never got a chance to show everybody because uh, yeah. we haven't done a live stream on it yet Yeah, I'm probably going to push a live stream in sometime this weekend or early next week depending cool. on scheduling yeah, maybe sure. some point but so that'll happen and then uh, I gotta start doing some more testing on that and and I'm probably going to get some UV testing in too. The busy boy, Jimmy, your jacket on the mic. Oh, sorry. It's cold, man. I'm cold. 
You see other hands. You got your you got your uh your your other hands. Yeah. But that's you what look it looks like, like you're ready to to climb nice. across the Arctic over there. I'm ready to man. Emily's here. Hi Emily. What up, what up? Hello. <laughs> uh yeah. Um oh and so uh another kind of I guess mini announcement. You guys aren't gonna be able to run off and go engage in this right away, but let me pull it up. Well you're pulling that up. Thank um, you. I did see a question in chat. Light object does have there we go. Mike C said, I saw a fiber laser on light object site that looks like that Makira. So it's similar. It's an all-in-one form factor. The difference between that one and this one is I haven't taken a look at that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> number two is... Big difference. Um, it's a big difference. It's like a uh, an on and an off switch, right? I haven't checked that one out. But the difference too is the Makira comes with a tower that you can articulate the head this way as well. And you can also rotate the entire head off the fiber table. So... If, for example, you wanted to engrave the top of an enormous machine, right? Or the face of it, where it's vertical and you can't lay it down because it's heavy. Mm -hmm. You can articulate the laser head perfectly upright, vertical, and you can even rotate it this way. So it's away from the, the laser completely and mark the face of something that way. I'm guessing Marco could probably get something similar to that tower if you wanted to order from Light Object instead. You would probably just have to call and ask them about it. I'm sure Marco um, knows where to find it. I am positive Marco knows where to find something like that. But um, Wisely's great too. We like Calio. Yes, yes. So you have options. I also don't know what kind of source that light object is using. These ones are very specific to Rakus. Mm -hmm. So you have a 20, a 30, and a 50 watt Rakus option. I don't know what light object uses. I, the last I talked to them, I think they were on JPTs, but I'm not sure. I so would have to... We would have to confirm that. Um, um, last time I looked, I think those were coming in 20, 30, and 50 watt options from Light Object 2. So that would be probably the LP source if it was JPT. Kyle, this one's for you, bro. What's the best What's the laser out there right now? <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. Kind of depends on the price range you want to stay within and what you want to accomplish with it. If you want something that's portable, you can literally break it down, throw it in a backpack with like one bolt and be on your way and do something on the go kind of thing. The AL1 is a 200 by 200, right? Uh, it's 180. Yeah. Thereabouts. 180. So, so the Artur AL1 is a good option for that, as well as I checked out the Atomstack P7. I would say They're P7 roughly, if you want faster run times and a little less detail and the AL1 if you want slower run times and a little more detail because I think the AL1's got a good bit smaller dot size than what I saw from the Atom Stack video. Potentially. I didn't do uh, any metals with mine so I can't really test to see if it did it like the anneal effect. So I can't really contribute to that, but I can go back and check that at some point. If you want something with a bigger surface area, as far as what we've tested so far, like a 400 by 400 millimeter review pending, the Pergear uh, L5 Pro is, uh, is pretty nice, to be honest. I'm pretty happy with it. It is not a super powerful uh, machine. You're not getting like a 20 watt unit, 20 is watt. It a is it a 5.5? Yes. Yeah. So, but honestly, I'm... I'm super impressed with it. So up until this point, the smallest dot size I've worked with on a diode has been the P7, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think I was working with when I was doing photos somewhere in the 280 dots per inch range, mm -hmm. if memory serves. This one I was doing like 340, I think. It is a 400 by 400. So if you're not concerned about space, 
that would be my recommendation in terms of the bigger square footage. What do you think about the one you worked with so far? The the, AL... the the only one that I've actually had out of the box at that size and played with is the Laser Master 2 Pro from Orchard. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, but there's better stuff out now. It's it's outdated for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's starting to show its age. It's a great standby and it's inexpensive at like 400 bucks or whatever. You know, when you're comparing it to an X-Tool, they still sell it. It's it's meant to be sold alongside the Laser Master 3. You know, it's yeah. not replacing it. The Laser Master 3 that I have at the shop it looks very promising, though it's like two to $300 more. And then, of course, you have the X-Tool D1 Pro, and everybody loves the X-Tool. Uh, it's, it's not acclaimed for no reason, right? People like it for a reason. We just did the unboxing for that, which you can check out on the channel. That's all we've done so far is unboxed it. It's literally still sitting in pieces underneath that diode desk. So I, I haven't even put it together yet. So more uh, pending on coming from that too. Chris also has the Atezer, which is kind of like the knockoff X-Tool. And Chris sent me a photo. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Did you guys just do a live stream of him assembling it? Uh, it Yeah, we did. We did uh, two live streams. We did an unboxing and the assembly part one. And then we did assembly part two and the first cuts in use. Um, I'm not sure how well you guys are going to be able to see this. Let me actually download it instead of opening it in Slack. I just send it to you. Uh, Can you pull it? Can you throw that up for me? So here is Chris's first ever Mm. photo marked uh, with the Atezer, which is pretty freaking good. I mean, like you can see the text down here uh, is actually like legible. And this is his first photo ever. I I, I feel like that looks pretty great. Yeah. It's like five by nine, maybe. What? Is that five by nine surface? Uh, yeah, I'd say like maybe a little smaller, oh, right? smaller six four by, by six. Yeah, yeah, four by six. That's about okay. four by six. Yeah. Okay. And uh, not bad, especially pretty good for, detail for size. It, it looks like pretty soft, like pine, you know, or mm-hmm. balsa or whatever, which has a lot of burnout yeah. too on the detail when you're trying to do it. So, I mean, this was impressive. He's really proud of this. So, uh, Should be, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. proud of him. He did a great job. Especially for your first photo on wood, right? This is what I'm always telling you, Jimmy. Stop messing around with photos uh, on wood in the CO2. Because you, if Chris can do this on the first try with, you know, without like really knowing what he's doing, man, diodes are made for this. This is what this is their calling. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he's really liking the Atezer so far, which came with the uh, 10 watt, but it also comes with a 20 watt. And they mm-hmm. have a combo set you can get for like 850 bucks that comes with a rotary and an air assist unit all built in. And the air assist unit isn't one of those fish tank ones. It's like a nice one. And it looked, it looks really promising. Uh, it looks like a really promising little piece of kit. I was very skeptical when here's, they reached out to me at first because it seems fake. Yeah. You know? Here, Here's the interesting thing about when you're engraving on wood, right? Especially photos. It's very sensitive to DPI because... If you go too deep, you end up overburning lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You end up washing everything out by overburning it. And with wood, you're actually burning outward sometimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. you're causing little fires and those little fires spread. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go too deep, it's kind of just turning it into a little kindling fire at yeah. the corner of your work area. Making your lines so, fatter than they need to be. That's yeah. part of the reason why when I do photo testing, I do it on wood for a review because it gives me an indication of a, a real tangible, you know, visible outcome of what that dot size represents and what you can achieve after you've tuned in your settings and you're doing it on a very sensitive piece of material. 
Yeah. And uh, while we're on the topic, Boyce just had this up. Emily says, please make more videos on photo engraving on CO2. We can uh, just the way I know how to do it, which I would consider the right way uh, without like weird tricks and contrast and spending a bunch of time in Photoshop or buying weird like image prep software. When you're doing a pixel grid and you're trying to do a technically correct photo, they have to be big. Uh, on the CO2. They just have to be big because your dot size on the CO2 is so much bigger uh, than any of these other lasers that we cover on Laser Everything. And that means your pixels are going to be bigger. And that means yep. you need to do large photos in order to fit those pixels in to resolve a nice image. And uh, I mean, frankly, that just sucks. You know, like you got you got a Mesa Kyle's got a Cora back there from uh tron and uh that it's a two foot by three foot that's a stellar looking image but it's because it's freaking two feet by three feet well guys i'll tell you this me and my girlfriend this is our very first photo engraving right here of her cousin uh this is only on like maybe like five by nine piece of wood Mm -hmm. with the the, the mirror co2 Mm -hmm. you do that on the co2 yeah so like it's it's possible we we watched your video alex on photo and then worked on the dpi right really made the big difference is tweaking the dpi and the uh nine per yeah dots per inch but the the what's the other thing the um uh the dot width yeah the width yeah so the dot width adjustment that's we ran it like we ran it like four or five different settings when we got to this setting it's like okay this is perfect like i guess the 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 shadowing looks good and it looked like the picture so like it is possible yeah, that looks really so good. Boys. I might really actually good. do a yep, video on this, like nice. how how she did this. I mean, I was what, super what, happy what about this. Was that on birch? That's but it was solid, just, like hardwood birch, or is it like just, birch ply? Birch ply, man. Yeah, yeah, Not that's crazy. impressive. Oh, It'll yeah. they come out they come out better on on hardwoods too. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Everybody wants to do it on ply or balsa yep. or birch. Mm-hmm. Get a hardwood, man. If you do your photo engraving on a hardwood instead of a uh, a soft like ply or like construction wood, your yeah. results are going to be so much better because those hardwoods don't burn out. Like and you're not going to get that. You don't need as much horsepower because the depth you won't get the depth. Well, yeah, like and wood with balsa. But it's also the burn of those individual lines of pixels doesn't right. spread out and grow. Right. They, like because no, they don't burn out, that, yeah. Like that pulp wood, it's pulp. So you can get finer DPIs, yeah, on yeah. on on hardwoods. Uh, yeah, but this, know. I mean, still, if you can do it on this, boys, then that's you know, yeah, that's impressive. So yeah, you can see this here up in the hairline areas where it gets real tricky. You know, it's that that con- that conversion from a burn to just light light very nothing here. Um, so that's that's the hard part is getting that to to smoothly workout you know but like i said we've done it five times so it, it worked you just got to find every, again every laser is different and you got to just play with the settings and go up like two percent at a time and kind of tweak it because what i did is okay this is too light this is too dark somewhere in the middle is the truth so we just said okay this is too light and we just kept working our way into the middle and we found something that's really reasonable and and like you said on a, on a plywood it wasn't even like a hardwood yet yeah. Um, just something we want to just make as a gift. And it was really, I was, I was quite pleased with that results for us being first timers. Honest, it's our first thing we ever did. So it was like, I was impressed with what she did. Yeah. And your video helped explain the science of it. Like that really makes a difference. The why. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, so loves asking, is it best 
to begin with a black and white photo. So we don't actually mark raster images via my photo method. When everything is said and done, we're marking bitmaps. Whether you're starting with a color photo or a black and white photo yeah, or whatever else, yeah, it's gonna it, it end up being, you're gonna end up with black and white pixels on a grid at the yep. end of the day. Yeah, uh, lots the, of zeros. Delete through everything method, at least. So uh <laughs> kind of irrelevant for the way we do things. It may it may be different if you're marking an actual raster image with pixels that could be you know in like shades of gray and stuff that we don't get into that at all we're literally making a pixel grid and using that pixel grid to represent the image so that's yeah i, I went ahead and dropped that link uh, yeah. to the complete photo engraving guide where we talk about why we do it that way mm -hmm. and uh, how how we get it done so if you guys are curious on marking on different materials photographs that's the video you want to watch. It applies to every kind of laser. It applies yep. to diode, fiber, CO2, CO2 galvos, CO2 gantry, every kind of laser that guide applies to. And you can use the knowledge that you get from that video to start getting good photos with your laser marking machine. So definitely check that out as well. And my suggestion is, guys, watch it without even trying to do nothing. Just watch it once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to play along as it goes you can get lost in, in the mix just just watch it once then be like okay now i know where to stop sometimes you'll stop and you do a tweak but you haven't really heard the whole reasoning why right it really makes a difference to listen to the whole thing start to finish it's like understanding the reason why you're you're doing each right. thing is part of the importance you've yes. said that a, a couple times now boys and i really yes. uh, specifically about this episode i'm telling i you think this. that's a great strategy for mm -hmm. everything we have on the channel honestly watch it first watch Don't it do just, wa just watch it once and then watch it again and try to start reproducing things that you see in the video. I think you would uh, absorb a lot more that way. We're almost out of time today, but I do have one last thing that I want to mention to you guys. So we are starting a new podcast. We've got another podcast coming up. I know voices, voices like what? 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this new podcast, guys, it's called Emergency Stop. Hmm. Okay. And uh, we're actually recording the first episode tonight. And emergency stop is going to be when the laser everything crew needs to back away from work for a minute. We're going to turn our lasers off and we're just going to chill and talk about life instead. Things that are interesting us, things that are bothering hmm. us, things that got us down, things that got us excited, you know, just what's going on in, in our lives as human beings instead of laser instructors. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, you need to smash that e-stop and just walk away from work for a little bit. That first episode will be recorded tonight after this is done. If you're interested in hearing this, it's going to be audio only. So there will mm. not be uploads to YouTube. You won't see it on YouTube. Uh, you'll have to keep an eye out for it on the podcast services. If you are subscribed anywhere to Laser Everything Updates, whether that's Facebook, Discord, you know, the social media, whatever, you're going to see updates when we get the first episode up. I'd love to get it up tonight. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, this is uh, the reason you haven't heard about this, boys. We literally threw this together at the at the very last minute here. Um, it was just like we just pulled it out of thin air. So I was like, we? What yeah, the hell? we. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> You've got uh, you've got that to look forward to. I don't know. Uh, I, I assume most of the people that watch our show probably don't care about us. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, uh, but I don't. I'm not personally offended by that. But some no. people 
some people might want a deeper look into, you know, just us hanging out and wish that we goofed off more and had more fun. If that's what you want, we're going to have that for you. Anyway, light speed laser engraving. I can't, my, my comments are really thin. I don't know how to make them bigger. They got small, they're tiny. So it's hard for me to even read them. You're such an old man. Well, I'm serious. It's small. Okay. As a side note, just two seconds on uh, on the photos with the CO2. Mm. One thing that could help with that is using a compound lens, and that is something I'm probably going to investigate here in a little bit. Most people start out with a two-inch or a two-and-a-half-inch lens. A compound Very lens few is, people start out with a one-and-a-half. It's two CO2 focusing lenses okay. put together. Very specific kind of... Huh. Okay, but, I have a two inch and, and a it supposedly gives you a smaller dot size, but uh, we've not done any testing on that in any official capacity yeah. on the channel. So, so if you're looking for more detail, that might be the resolution, and I'm hoping to get a video on that at some I point in the future that. with testing. I, I think I asked you about that like six months ago. We did, but we also found out that my laser head is not, at least the way it's set up right now, is not compatible with that lens set up so figures to be continued but that that can contribute to a smaller dot size it's not just two two of any lenses it's two very specific types of lenses kicked together is that something i can order through the mirror uh for the mirror no idea uh yeah Mm -hmm. we don't know we we haven't done enough research on it yet we will circle back around on that topic after we do a little fedangling gotcha on that (laughs) anybody else got anything before we close out for the night Oh man, I'm ready for weekend. What a rough start to today's episode, but a strong finish, I think. We uh, yeah. we closed out nicely. And that's the end, I suppose. Don't forget to smash the like button, guys, if you got value out of this episode of the Laser Source Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get notified the next time we post an episode. You can support the channel over at masters.lasereverything.net if that's something you're interested in. Uh, we're really close to 2,500 LMA members. Like, like I think it's like 2,498 right now. Like, you could be the 2,500. That's that's immense. We have well, immense. Have you ever thought about that? We the immense support that we have from the community is just unreal uh, and unfathomable. You should it, give a free shirt away to the 2,500 person. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> And, you, uh, are. you know, so yeah, we, we are very strongly backed by the community and it shows Jack in the shop going to join LMA as soon as I find my wallet. Thank you, bro. Good luck on the hunt. <laughs> Thank you. $24.99. Pick up some merch. We got a nice merch spread here on the shop tonight and keep an ear out. Remember audio only for the first episode of emergency stop. If you want to hear about what we're doing when we're not trying to blind ourselves. Uh, so <laughs> Just a little something, a little extra fun, uh, a little something non-work related. I think we all need to take a break every once in a while. And I'm really looking forward to that personally. Uh, Just do something a little fun and off topic. So uh, keep an eye out for that too. And that's all I've got, guys. So thank you so much for watching this or listening to this episode of the Laser Source Podcast. And we will see you in the next one. Thank you.